So the topic for today is lean and fit. Actually, this was a word I got back in 2012. Actually, I was checking my uh, notes, and uh, it was actually 2012. I forgot the month, but uh, that's when the Lord was showing me this. And He released me now to actually start talking, to talk about it today. And what I believe, this word is, of course, is pertinent to the times we're living in. And... Uh, you might find it funny, the analogy I would use, but it, you, will, you can relate, you'll be able to relate to it. Alright, so the title of this message today is Lean and Fit. And we're going to start in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7 through 12. I don't have a lot of scripture today. But as we go on, you will get the, the gist. Revelation, chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. Let me know when you're there, please. Okay. Let's start reading from verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. And they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, called devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you will dwell in, in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down for you, to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. If you go back, and we're not going to go back, you can read it at your own time. There were certain things Satan was saying in his heart, that how he will be God, and so forth. So there was a war in heaven. And the Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels. Of course, he seduced other angels to come against the authority of God. But from reading here, we know they lost, and he got kicked out. Right. So you know if anybody is uh, causing a problem in your home, <laughs> you kick them out, whether they like it or not. You know, you don't have to put up with it. All right. That's, I, anyhow, let me stay out of that. So this is what happened. They were fighting, warring against, and God sent Michael and the angels to take to handle Satan and his, his, uh, his cohorts. They did not prevail, so they were kicked out. Satan was kicked out, and the rebelling angels with him were kicked out. So there was a celebration in heaven when they got kicked out, when the rebellion was overthrown. But verse 12 says, Rejoice, O heavens, for you who dwell in them. The rebellion is put down, so you in heaven rejoice. But woe to you on the earth and in the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. 
So he got kicked out of heaven, but people on earth, look out. Yeah. He's here and he is furious. So guess who is he's going to take his wrath out on? Those on earth. And, and, and those on earth. So what is very interesting about this, I read the definition of woe. You know, I look the definition of woe. And it says, an ex exclamation of grief, great sorrow or distress, misery, heartbreak, despair, trial, trouble, etc. So woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Sorrow, distress, misery, heartbreak, trouble to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. So that says a lot about why the earth has been, is in the shape it's in and continually to unfold. Because he is expressing his wrath on the earth. So what was very interesting about, in that same, same scriptures, in verse 11 it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So even though Satan is on earth causing his mischief, that's a, a polite way to say he's destroying the earth and everything in it. He says they overcame him. Who? We know who. They that are on the earth. They are those who overcome or will overcome or overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So that tells us that there is hope. That tells us that there is hope. Because while he has the authority, and we know how he has the other, how we got that authority, we're not going to go into that. There are those who overcome him, and who overcame, and who will overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. testimony. But they don't overcome on their own strength. There is a way they overcome. The reason why I, this topic, lean and fit, it's because it's important that we who are in Christ understand the arena or the environment in which we are players. We are who are in Christ, and not only we who are in Christ, actually, mankind on the whole. We are an environment, but do we really understand the environment, the arena in which we are players or we are living in? Many people don't understand. Because it's said in verse 12, he got kicked out. And now he's on earth causing misery and distress. So we are in an environment where the who? The one who has the authority that was surrendered to him through Adam. And we know through scripture that Satan is the God of this age, of this world system. Of the corruption that's in this world. He is the perpetrator. He is the architect. This is the environment which we all are players. Christians, non-Christians. Doesn't matter. This is the environment which we are all exposed to. Which we all have to live in. Understand the context, the environment in which we are living in. We know that the world and its systems are controlled by Satan. We know that through scripture. The spirit of Antichrist. Or the spirit of disobedience to God is prevalent among all who walk in the lust of their flesh. Yes, even Christians. Everyone who walks in their own ways, lusts and desires are caught up in the corruption that's in the world. 
When Adam fell, corruption started on this earth. Before Adam fell, animals used to live in peace. When Adam fell, animal killed animal to survive. That's corruption. That's misery. Because there's only death, death and death. And destruction and upheaval. That's misery. That is the wrath of the enemy in action. You've seen the manifestation of what's happening in the spirit realm. As he pushed the buttons behind the scene. We are seeing how it's manifest in the natural. Okay? So he's the orchestrator of that corruption. In other words, the environment in which we all are is hazardous to our well-being. You're all quiet. The, the environment in which we are all living in. I don't care how plush you think your house is. I don't think I don't think how much I don't care how much security you have in your house. The environment because you can't stay in your house all the time. You got to step out in that world. The environment in which we are all living in is hazardous to our well-being. Selah. Because we are in the flesh and are prone to corruption. We are in the flesh and are prone to corruption. Everything on this earth is corrupted. The systems. Everything is corrupted. Why? Because it's run by man. Who is corrupted? And the God of this age is the one pulling the strings behind the scene. Focus. Think about that. But the good news is that God has already made a way and Jesus is the way. Because it says here in verse 11, they overcame him. Who? The enemy. Satan. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So God made a way and Jesus is the way. I don't care what other people say. I don't care. Because I understand why God had to, why Christ had to come. I understand that. <laughs> I understand it. I don't know people kind of can't see straight, can't understand it. You cannot look at the, from the lens of your understanding. You have to look at the lens of the heart of God. The heart of God and His understanding is not like the heart of man. It's totally different. Everything that we benefit from in our life with God, if you can do it in your strength, and you, of course, God is not getting the glory. But if you look at Christ, man had nothing to do with Christ. He only used Mary as the, the vehicle to, so that he, he could come in the flesh. And live in time and space. But the sea came from God. Not man. I don't know any other prophet. Or savior. Whatever. In any religion. Where the sea came from God. Except Christ. It couldn't come from man. Because man is corrupted. His seed is corrupted. So God had to come. And do it. Do what is impossible with man. It's possible with God. I don't get it how people, people can miss that. But you see, when people are thinking from their own intellect, you, you'll miss the things of God. Because God will always supersede our intellect. Always. And do what we don't expect. Anyhow. So in Luke 4, 
18 and 19, you can turn there. So in, in, in uh, Revelation, in verse 11, it said, They overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. testimony. Who is the, the, the Lamb? Jesus. So God had a plan. And in the fullness of time, He sent His Son. In time and space. His Son came forth from Him and stepped into flesh through Mary into time and space. That's the Lamb that they said that He that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. So God sent His own Lamb. Any Lamb raised by man is inadequate it's an inadequate. God sent His own Lamb. Right? And the Lamb made a declaration when it was time in the temple. He said, and this is how I know we have hope. Because it says in verse 11, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of, us, of our testimony. And here's the Lamb making the de- declaration of why He is here. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover your sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to undo everything Satan was in verse 12. He said, what, what, is, what does he say in verse 12? Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Because he has come with great wrath. To cause misery, destruction. But the Lamb says here, I have come to undo what He is doing. I have come to show you how to live in liberty. I have come to show you to heal the brokenhearted. I have come to set you who are at liberty, those who are held captive. Why? Held captive by the enemy of God. Sight to the blind. I've come to restore sight to the blind. What? Your spiritual blindness, you're spiritually blind. I've come to restore your, restore your sight, your spiritual sight. To set free those who are oppressed. That is why He came, the Lamb came. And through what Jesus did, and this is, this is a lot, you go and meditate on everything, what Jesus' life, what He did in subjection to the Father, so that we now can come before God in His righteousness. And when we are singing that song, saying, the mountains shake before Him, the demons run and flee at the mention of what? The name, King of Majesty. Who is that? The name of Jesus. There is no power in hell or or, or any who can stand before the power of the presence of the great I Am. Hallelujah. Holy, holy. God Almighty, the great I Am, who is worthy, none besides you. God Almighty, the great I Am. So when we, as sons of God, in Christ, in this environment, we don't have to be subject to the schemes and the plots of the enemy. We don't have to be held captive. We just use the name of Jesus. But you can't use that name any old way. Because you can't live any old way. But you have to have an understanding of who you are. What the Lamb accomplished. Well, when you can say, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Why? Because you know who you are. You know what He's invested in you as a child of God. So that when the enemy comes in your house, when He's after you, you can stand before Him and say, In the name of Jesus. I come before you in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke you. 
or whatever it is you need to say in line with God's word. Because why? You are a child of God and you have the authority to use the name of Jesus. So that the enemy, when he comes in your presence, he has to flee. Because when you speak the name and the word of God by faith in the name of Jesus, God has to back up that word. Glory to God, you hear what I'm saying to you. So there is, we don't have to fear. We got nothing to be afraid of. Glory to God. So I don't care if he says, I'm coming back. Or I don't care what he says. He is under our feet. You hear what I'm saying? You got nothing to be afraid of. I don't care if he comes back. I don't care what he does. He is under my feet because I know I have the victory in Christ. I know that. I am persuaded of that. I am persuaded of that. And we as children of God, we must be persuaded of who we are in Christ. Because the enemy will intimidate you. He will try. Lord, I'm going to be going ahead of myself. There are things that are coming just running through my mind right now that I, I want to talk about, but I can't talk about it right now. Let's continue here. So Jesus came to deal with the sin problem. So that those who choose to serve God can overcome in this world and not be subject to corruption. We are all in this environment which is hazardous to our well-being. All. But the thing, Jesus came to deal with the sin problem. He came to deal with Satan. Thank he you. dealt with him on the cross. He, oh my God, he came and he, show, oh, he showed us how to handle him. Then he went and, went and lay, put himself on the cross so that he can, when he go descended into hell, he dealt with Satan, took the keys of death and hell from him, and then he ascended to the Father, sat down on the right hand, and said, okay, I did it. Now, I've made a way for you guys. I've shown you what to do. I sent the Holy Spirit to teach you, so you all know what to do. You know how to deal with him now. Just the way I dealt with him, that's the way you're going to deal with him. He has no power over you. You don't have to be subject to the corruption that's in this world. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. To thrive in this hostile environment, I don't care how pretty it looks, don't be fooled by your, your, your natural eyes. You might be in a plush neighborhood, well manicured lawn. Not a, a, a nothing out of place. And then you go to some place like the ghetto. It don't matter how it looks. Demonic activity is everywhere. Even in the plush neighborhood. It's everywhere. You're not safe in the plush neighborhood. It don't matter. Don't be deceived. Understand the environment you're living in. We live in a physical world. But we have to understand that we're not only physical, we're spiritual. There's a spiritual and a natural world. And the only thing we focus on is the, a lot of, is the physical. And we are weak, ineffective in the spiritual. And that's we as children of God, we need to be masters. Glory to God. Did you hear what I'm saying to you? Alright. So to thrive in a hostile environment and overcome in this world, one has to be lean and fit. You have to be lean and fit to thrive in the environment. Let me give you an example, and you guys might find this funny. If we compare animals in the wild and domesticated ones, there are clear differences. You all agree with that? Right. So, I'm speaking generally. There can be always be exceptions, but I'm speaking generally. 
The animals in the wild are cunning. Their senses are well developed for survival. They know what to do and what not to do. They know their enemy, the predators. They know their prey. What they feed on. They are tough and bold. There is no ambiguity with them. They are not confused about what they need to do, when. They are not confused. And they are lean and fit. Alright? Analogously, in contrast, we have the domesticated animals. They have an identity crisis. They are imprinted by human interaction. In other words, they come to recognize a human being as a parent or other object of habitual or, habit, or habitual trust. They are trained to interact in human society and do not recognize their enemy or prey. As far as they're concerned, they got no enemies. They got no enemies. And they don't even know what a prey is. Right? They are trained to interact in human society and as I said, do not under recognize enemy or prey. They rely on humans for their livelihood and in many instances live a life of ease and comfort. They become fat and their senses dull. They are not equipped to function, much less survive in the wild. In their wild, they will become easy prey because they are not skilled and trained to function in a hostile environment. Glory to God. Now you all know where I'm going with this. You see the difference? So what's going on here? God doesn't want his children to be like the domesticated animals. And you see some of them. I, I, you know, I see some clips sometimes of you know, uh, a, a wolf or a coyote. And you see somebody's pet. And before, in the natural, yeah. a wild animal, that's, he's coming to kill me. Mm. I am running. The domesticated one is standing there barking. And the coyote is coming at him and he is barking. Right? The coyote snatches him and walks off with him. Thinking, oh, you're going to come play. No, he ain't coming to play. He's coming to kill you. Because you don't know, you don't know who your prey is and who your, fr and who your friend is. You are dull. Your senses are dull. Because you have been imprinted in a society that hasn't taught you how to survive. You don't know who is your friend or foe. Many times I'm in the back cutting my grass. I'm seeing feathers, pieces of wings. Somebody didn't, get, somebody didn't make it. Somebody was prey. Somebody got eaten. So you think of the environment we are living in. I'm not, I'm not even talking Christians and non-Christians. Just the environment we live in. It. Many of us are very comfortable. And you know, something starts, something happens. We start freaking out. Why? Because we, our senses are dull. We're looking at things in the physical and not looking at things in, in the spirit. And we have to start sharpening up our spiritual senses and stop focusing so much on our natural senses. So, God doesn't want His children to be like the domesticated animals. Clueless and unable to thrive in a hostile environment. I don't care how plush your neighborhood is. You think your dog's safe. Your pet dog is safe. No. The hawks don't, the hawks don't have, they don't have no special jurisdiction. They go wherever they want to. They see an opportunity, they will take your dog. 
They're not afraid to do it. A hawk, an eagle, they don't care. They don't discriminate. As far as I know, that's food. So I don't care if it, the dogs in the ghetto or the dogs in, in, in the suburbs. The hawk will take your dog. <laughs> they will discriminate. And your dog, if he senses the dog, he will be prey. I, I'm just using that as an example. Don't get upset with me. But we have to learn to thrive in our, in our environment. And this can only be done by faith in Christ. Because it says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. So that whoever, who, the ones who overcame, they know something. They know something to counteract the enemy Satan who is running rampant on the earth. So they know something. Alright. So Jesus was the firstborn. The prototype that came into the hostile environment as promised. He didn't just show up at any time. This was prophesied before the foundation of the earth. When he would come in time and space. So he didn't just show up. It was all according to God's plan. So, and not only did he show up, he declared his purpose. As I said in John. When he, when he, when he, when he spoke, when he stood up in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the temple and he spoke, from, he read from the book about who he was, his purpose. Alright? And he executed his purpose flawlessly. To make a way for lost man where there was no hope. He also showed us how to overcome and thrive in this environment. And sent the Holy Spirit to teach and guide us. This is God's plan which is only effective if what Jesus accomplished on the cross is accepted and believed. So there is the difference now. We are all in a hostile environment. But the only way you can overcome is if you accept what Christ did and believe it. Then you have a chance to overcome the corruption that's in the world. But if not, you just fend, by, you just fend on your own. You try and survive on your own. And you're not going to win. Why? Because you're in the physical trying to fight a spiritual battle. You are not going to win. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how brilliant you think you are. You will not win. You are fighting a spiritual battle with physical means. You will not win. So man is so familiar with the physical environment that many do not even know or believe that they are spirit beings. Really, I'm telling you. They don't even believe that. There are many who don't believe that there is a spiritual world. We are prone to corruption and are manipulated at every opportunity by Satan. As children of God, we are to remember that we are spirit beings in a physical body. We are experts in the physical realm, but ignorant in the spiritual realm. To our detriment. That ought not to be. That's why. That's why Jesus came. That's why the word of God was written for learning and admonition. So that we can learn to operate in the spirit. Because God is spirit. Everything God does is in the spirit realm. What we see in the natural is already what God did in the spirit. If you want to fix something in the physical, you got to deal with the spirit first. And then the physical gets fixed. God is spirit. He operates in the spirit realm. And we now, as children of God, we have to be schooled in how to be masters in the spirit. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Alright. The spiritual realm is where we need to be masters because it controls the physical realm. 
Jesus came to redeem us and with that show us how to live in the physical realm but also operate in the spiritual realm. He's our example, the prototype. Oh my God. He is the firstborn of many brethren. He came to show us how to handle our business. That's why the Word of God says we have been conformed into the image of Christ. We're all going to be like Him. Handling the Father's business on this earth. And we will be ruling and reigning with Christ. We have, listen man, we don't have to be afraid. That's why when, when I was talking about our faith, and they said when somebody slap you, turn the other cheek. We think that's weak, but it's not. It's, it's God's heart of love. See, God don't think physical. The physical can go away. Okay, somebody kill you, it's okay. You go and look at Stephen. When Stephen was being stoned, what happened to Stephen? And he said, forgive them. Because Stephen understood something. He's seen things from a heavenly perspective. Even though we live or die, we are in the Lord. We are in Christ. The physical is going to be done away with. You, you might die now as a martyr, or you die from old age, or you die from sickness. You are all, we are all going to die. But the beauty of it for the child of God, when you are ready to leave the body, you will not see corruption. You won't see hell. You won't see demons. You won't see any of that. You won't see darkness. You will be ushered directly into the presence of God in the light. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the hope we have. And that's, I know that. So there is no, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? You have nothing to fear. Whether we live or, lie, live or die, we are in the Lord. We will not see corruption. So Jesus came to reveal who the enemy is. And to show us how to deal with it. There is no need to fear or be in bondage to a defeated foe. He is defeated. But he is making us think that he has all this power over us. But he doesn't. The only way he has power over you it's because you're ignorant. We are heirs. And joint heirs with Christ. We will be ruling and reigning and judging those angels. But if you don't know that. If you don't know you're an heir. You can be hoodwinked. You can be lied to. You can be taken advantage of. But if you know who you are. My God. That's why when, Jesus, when he was trying to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. That's why Jesus responded to him the way he did. Jesus said, I'm not going to worship you. You're supposed to worship me. Because he, he, Jesus knew who he was. He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. So he knew who he was. So Satan couldn't tempt him with that. He said, You're supposed to be bound down and worship me. But because he's man, Jesus was man, that's why Satan contempt him. Because he's man. But Jesus knew who he was. He knew where he came from. Say so you, no, no, you supposed to bow down and worship me. I'm not worshiping you. I know who I am. So that's when they, whenever the enemy saw him, they, they used to freak out. When the demons, whenever Jesus showed up, the demons used to freak out because, yeah, they were afraid. Because they know, this, he knows who he is. We can't pull anything over him. As I said, he came to reveal who the enemy is and show, to show us how to deal with him. There is no need to fear or be in bondage. None whatsoever. Do not 
allow fear to creep in and cause you distress. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. That's why we need each other. We have to encourage each other in the faith. Because it's easy to be fearful. It's easy. We're so used to the physical. Remember what I said last week? Sometimes we have to be prepared to let stuff go. And I said, even your kids. You have to be prepared to let things go. And understand God has everything under control. It's, it's easy to say. It's a whole different story when you have to do it. So in John 10.10, 10, I'm going to read it, you don't have to turn. It says, the thief comes, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Zoe, the God kind of life. And that they may have it more abundantly. The thief is a predator. That comes to prey on the weak, the defenseless, and the unsuspecting which means clueless or person or animal not aware of the presence of danger, feeling no suspicion. That's the domesticated animal. Clueless. Don't know. And the predator will take advantage of the clueless. So the environment we're living in, we are not to be clueless. We are not to be unsuspecting. We are not to be weak and defenseless. Why? Because we are in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we're no longer weak. We're no longer unsuspecting. But we'll talk more next week. Mm-hmm. Let me give you my definition of abundant life. Not to fall victim to the enemy and corruption. Jesus said, I've come to give them life and life more abundantly. Abundant life is not to fall victim to the enemy and corruption. But overcome him and assert oneself as a son of God. Not to fall victim to the enemy and corruption, but to overcome him and assert oneself as a son of God. Isn't that wonderful? I I love that. (laughs) So in this hostile environment, God doesn't want his children to fall victim to Satan and the corruption to do his will. Because that's the whole scheme of the enemy. To manipulate people to do what he wants. God has already made a way for his children to thrive and overcome so that we will not become so that we will become lean and fit. We are not to be fat and lazy. We are to be lean and fit. And I'm going to talk about more about how we're going to become lean and fit. So that we are no longer subject to Satan, but instead have him in subjection to us. Would you like me to repeat that? <laughs> yes. We become lean and fit so that. We are no longer subject to Satan, but instead have him in subjection to us. That is the whole point of Jesus' coming. So that, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. So that those who he, dis- he wants to make miser- uh, miserable, distressed, pour his wrath out on. Jesus came so that there's an, oh, there's an exception there are those who in me, you won't be able to do that. Because they will rise up and put you under their feet. There is an exception. The Lamb of God. Because it says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So that that enemy cannot no longer have us under subjection. But he would be under subjection to us. 